Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear blog talk radio program and on multiple syndicates. This program streams live on blog talk radio quite spontaneously Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Susan Larison-Dance and today is Saturday, January 14th 2023. And with that said on the times, I do need to say next week and the following week, there will likely be an adjustment to the time, but stay tuned for information on that. You can always go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, and I invite you to come to the Facebook page for, for Frontier Beyond Fear, which you'll see on um, the the Blog Talk Radio site and also the FrontierBeyondFear.com page because I often will note if there are some schedule changes and I put inspiration out there all the time in addition to the shows. So thank you for being here today and those of you who are here live and also those of you listening across space and across time, you are here present with me today. And in fact, that's very relevant to the theme for today, which has to do with empowerment, but it also has very much to do with the omnipresence of the divine, and even more so to do in many ways with unconditional love and what that means. I had an interesting experience in the past, oh, I don't know, um, 24 to, I guess, a couple of days. Um, it feels like it, it was very condensed, um, but um, where it was just a life thing, thankfully not a health thing. By the way, I had talked of my fall in the last program, and I continue to do well, um, and I'm very thankful for that, and actually, that may um, figure into this program as well as to what is our relationship with what occurs on our life's journey and with the divine, and how how does empowerment fit into that, and yet in such a way that it also and I forgot to put this tag on the show. I thought about it later. It may be on the podcast after humility. That seems awfully paradoxical, doesn't it? Because it seems like how can you combine empowerment with humility and a relationship with the divine that is both loving and trusting, that both understands that the divine is necessarily, by definition, omnipresent. And I've went over, I have gone over 1 Corinthians 13 many times to talk about the divine being unconditional love and just what unconditional love is. We are treasured, valued created beings. Every single one of you listening out there, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what your situation, your story, your life, you, who you are, you matter. And 
You are beloved by the divine. You are inseparable from infinite, omnipresent, unconditional love, which is the very definition of the divine. And we can think about the divine with tremendous awe and with respect while also knowing how we too are treasured and respected. And while we are on this earth, we can't see everything. And as I've talked before, and this is also in 1 Corinthians 13, um, I firmly believe that we come, we originate consciously before we're even here. And I believe there are agreements that we have with other souls in our lives and that a journey in a given life is to help us to grow. And ultimately, the only answer to the hardest question of all as to why it is so difficult, why is there so much darkness, and we all question this, and I do too, and in fact, that's part of the empowerment, the the ability, the invitation to question. That is the very nature of empowerment, and I mean questioning to the highest level, the divine, as to why is it like this on this planet? Was it really worth it? We have a lot of questions as human beings, and our perspectives are valued. We're not in a space that we were. When you're on the other side, when you're inseparable from the divine, you're not seeing through a mirror darkly like in 1 Corinthians 13. You are seeing things more fully. Now, how quickly that comes into play, you know, many people have had powerful spiritual experiences or they've actually died and had near-death experiences. And I tend to think having observed um, some of these, you know, or learned, I'm no expert on them by any means, I think it's reasonable to think that there is a transition process too. It's not just snap your fingers in one second, you're there and that's it. And many of the stories, I mean, you may be on the other side, but your experience um, opens up. It doesn't, it, it, it's a, people describe a progression. Now, what we can't know, and I must honestly say this as a scientist, is what is the difference between an experience where it's clear that you're going to be coming back, which could have a very different nature to it. Like, what are you going to bring back? What are, what's going to happen in the rest of your life? Why are you coming back? Versus when we ultimately don't come back from that particular life. And, of course, since nobody has been able to tell us exactly that, um, and um, we we still have incomplete information. But back to what happened with me, which was really, um, you know, uh, I don't even need to go into full detail and, and won't, but it was basically um, this notion of an unexpected change that I didn't expect, and it just came from out of the blue. And the interesting thing about it is at first, I viewed it really positively, this change. Then the more I started to think about it, well, this is a program about fear, isn't it? We're not immune to fear. Fear is a part of our journey, but we can work with our relationship with fear. That's what this program has been about. And even the understanding and conversations about fear over the years, and it's been over a decade, um, have evolved over time as to how we think about fear. And I'm sure that'll continue to happen as we reflect about fear. So, of course, you know, in the night, early in the morning, I, you know, started thinking about it and thinking, oh, you know, um, wow, you know, this, I wasn't feeling as empowered about the choice. I wasn't thinking about the positives for a while. I was thinking more of um, not exactly victimhood, although we can fall into that, um, but I was thinking about things in a less 
than helpful way. Although what I didn't know at the time was by going through that passageway, I came out the other end in the morning, and suddenly I was even more positive than I was when I first heard about the change. And the irony of all ironies is I knew that I would learn more about this situation before the show today, within, you know, a couple hours, a few hours. And I really wasn't sure what it was going to be. And it turns out what I thought was imminent, um, even though it changed my perspective about my own choices in life and this experience I'm carrying forward because now I'm thinking about a lot of things that maybe I wasn't thinking about before. Possibilities have opened up before me that I wasn't thinking about before because we limit ourselves. And by going through this passageway of potentially losing something, having to let go of something and and experiencing yet another change, which I've had my share, um, and then turning it around, now all kinds of things have opened up in the realm of possibilities. And I found out that none of this it may happen, well, it won't happen in a way that I thought it might. If it did happen in any way, it would be much more gentle. It would be, um, you know, there would be a lot of choices. And there would. it's nothing that's going to pressure me. And it turned out that it was really nothing that I was worried about. And um, even um, how it came about had changed in just the period. Um, and so with these things happen, and I speak so generally, um, in so many ways. And I know that some of you may still be in the midst of something, and we talked about this on the last program, that um, we do need to honestly acknowledge that a lot of people are struggling right now. It's really obvious, and I know that it's not just in the U.S. where this show originates, that there are many um, difficulties in the world right now, and um, people are struggling to, to um, in some cases, you know, even um, feed themselves or stay warm if you're in um, an area of the world where you you need to stay warm at this time of year. Or, of course, you know, we've got ongoing conflicts and tremendous suffering in those areas. But, and I want to acknowledge all of that. And yet, when we are conscious of our true relationship with the divine, and that the divine is real, and that we are worthy of respect, and that there are those in the world who will disrespect us. And my situation had, had nothing specifically, not directly to do with something disrespecting me, but it did have to do with more general things that tend to hold people down. And there are a lot of those things where... Um, you know, things are not really set up in a way where it's so easy to take hold of your life in a difficult economy and move forward in a productive way, in a blossoming kind of a way. And there can be miracles in this world. I put a miracles tag on this show because this isn't just about the mundane. On this program, we talk about spirituality. Many of us have seen evidence of spirituality. We know that it's real. We know that miraculous things occur. We know that synchronicities occur that are just so statistically improbable that there's just no explanation for them. And the more connected we are, what did I do yesterday? Well, you know, I opened myself to guidance as to the situation. And I also knew, especially after I had gotten through most of my 
you know, the anxiety I was dealing with, it, uh, you know, having to think about something I didn't expect and then things changed. Um, that journey in the end, which, you know, this hasn't been days and days and really the real journey was very compact within definitely the last um, 24 hours and a lot of it just this morning really and from into the from the night i came to a different understanding and i started to think to myself well what is it you really seek and i started to see that embedded in this potential change which could happen in a much more um um, a, a way that that is not as fast, or um, and it wouldn't impact this broadcast. In fact, if anything, it would expand. Um, that I had so many choices, and I got to think about, you know, what is it you really seek? Because the divine loves us, and it's also within us. And anyone who's listened to this program for a while knows that I believe we don't have the words really to explain how this relationship works. And we've tried and we often try to explain it in a very um, scientific way as if devoid of love. I've heard that so many times. And it does. it's more mystical than that. It's more sublime. And there is a relationship to prayer um, absolutely. In health situations, how many times do I need to say it that I have experienced and witnessed incredible healing that I can't explain? And in one case, combined with an almost impossible synchronicity. And these things are real. We are witnesses to them. We have experienced them. And if we were to study more honestly with an open mind, the spiritual realm, I know that we would validate more things. And there are validations that occur even now. But we have a lot of skepticism out there in the world. And it can actually tr attempt to diminish us. Now, my situation in this particular case had nothing to do with feeling diminished because I'm spiritual. But that, if anything gets me going, it's that. Because I'm not going to listen to somebody who is not grounded in actual reality who is attempting to tear our spiritual observations and things that we know um, can't be explained in other ways. I mean, unless we're living in a simulation, I've gone down that path before, that one of these days the materialists are going to see it more and they're just going to say, oh, it must be a simulation. You know, the more they study quantum physics, the more it's not behaving the way they expect they're going to more and more say, oh, it has to be a simulation. Because if we're living in a simulation, well, then there could be magic. There could be anything. It's a simulation, right? Of course, then you ask the question, what is a simulation? Or are we all here having an exercise as souls? Or is it just some useless kind of a thing that, you know, we're on some kind of a joy ride on planet Earth? Or worse, fear ride, joy ride, explain it. You know, there's a lot more to life than that. And how sad that we might diminish it so. As spiritual people, hold your head high. Hold your head high. Hold your head high. Do not allow anyone to mock or deride your spirituality. Where does humility come into play. It's in the awe. Anyone who has had a mystical experience, who has experienced. I remember um, years ago and um, 
this was a complex time with health challenges and different things converging, but I had a an experience of such incredible love. I said to myself, I am in the presence of the, the, the living God. That was the way that I could say it, because I could feel the love, and it was more than I could ever describe. That is a mystical experience. And I talked, I had a recent show about mystical experiences, and those can go very deep. And they can come about in different ways. Yes, absolutely, through different types of health challenges. There are just so many different ways that we can experience that. And as I always need to say, the disclaimer, I am not an advocate on this program because I know how powerful a mystical experience can be of artificially inducing one. I think that that carries dangers even while holding respect for those cultures that had that as a part of their, um, you know, where this is a part of their cultural, spiritual path. That's a bit different. I, I know that we can have amazing free-flowing lives connected to spirituality without any need for that. And the danger isn't worth it and everything else around that, it's not worth it and I will not be an advocate for it. I do have a poem that I'm going to read today that I turned to. It's somewhat long, so I'll probably wait till after the live show. Sometimes I'm going to get these readings into the live show, which I consciously choose as 30 minutes. This is a spontaneous program. I generally decide what I'm going to talk about within about an hour or 90 minutes to two hours of the show. And when I do, I open a book and I look. Sometimes I think of passages and I find them, but in this case, I opened to a poem that I feel is relevant. And I will frame this because part of our um, relationship with the divine also relates to how we relate to nature. And there can be awe within that. I mean, very much so. But we can also feel the presence of the omnipresent divine. And Yes, you can have on a nature walk, you can feel more connected in a mystical way. In fact, I highly encourage walking meditations. Um, Since I experienced a fall that I described in the last program, I actually haven't gone walking, but will soon. Um, And I'm okay, but um, I'm easing. I've, I've taken it gently so to speak, because I do respect the human experience and I do respect that sometimes um, things happen. You know, sometimes we have an accident. Sometimes we have a health situation. That doesn't mean that healing can't take place. I mean, when that first happened, um, it was actually pretty kind of scary, not just kind of. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I'd even be here at all. It was that dangerous. But thankfully, and yes, I did pray. I did also set my, um, I knew that there's a lot that I have to do. Now, do people leave the planet when they think they have a lot to do? Absolutely. I'm always thinking of Carl Sagan, for example. Can you imagine if Carl Sagan was still with us? I mean, he left us so early and so many other people. And he was, although he was a skeptic, I think he would have opened up because he tended to say things that were, they were mystical in his own way. And I really feel if he had been with us longer, he would have made discoveries and would have changed 
his materialistic views. I really do believe that. But, of course, we're here as long as we are here. Each and every one of us, never longer than we need to be. Um, And we need to trust in that. Even so, miracles can occur. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's simply time for a soul to go. And that's hard. It involves trust. And we can still pray and we can still hope for a miracle and believe that a miracle can happen. But there's also a kind of surrender. But I'm glad that I'm describing this because I've been through this also. Like if a loved one was in the hospital where there has been a miracle, um, I have seen um, situations where, experience firsthand, where you there's a kind of surrender to the path. That's That's a good way of putting it. There is a path, not only for our personal life, but for all the lives around us. This is what I mean by soul agreements. We are all learning and growing together. And anything that happens to one of us, even all the way across the world, at a greater scale, we're all in an agreement with one another to be here. I truly do believe this. This is a part of my belief system. There's some things I've seen where there, you know, um, there's obvious evidence of spirituality. Um, and I always have to now use the caveat, which I, I don't like, but to be fair to the materialists out there, um, that, sure, could it be simulated? I mean, anything can be simulated. I mean, that's kind of like a a free, easy out card if you want to be a materialist forever. But can, um, at some point, there is a notion of faith and belief, but it starts also with acknowledging that things are going on on this planet that you can't explain in a materialistic way. That's the first step. And it is based on a feeling, and it is based on an experience of the divine. And yes, there are so many things that we can observe. But what I want to say, and now I've kind of lost that train of thought, um, I think I, I spend too much time on materialism, I think, sometimes. But it's it's worth spending some time on because we have a real problem on our planet right now. And the problem we have is materialists, are strict materialists, are having their way with us. And they don't see the spiritual aspects of life. And so it's if you can't see the entire, it's like being led by blind people. I mean, that isn't really going to help us very much um, if you're totally blinded to actual reality. We're getting close to the end of the live show. So since I did kind of lose my train of thought, but I'm sure I'll get it back here in just a second, um, I will note to those of you listening live once again that you'll be able to find this broadcast afterwards as a podcast and that um, frontierbeyondfear.com is the place. And if you normally do listen live, um, just know that next week it's hard to predict. I'm helping with something and I need to speak, help is part of helping to a degree, not as much as sometimes um, and um, I just don't know timing-wise how it will work out or what my energy level will be. So it's possible I may do the show on Sunday, or um, we'll see. We'll see what I decide to do, and that's true of the next two Saturdays coming up. So just pay attention. If you can't be here live, I love that you are, but um, you can always listen and remember we're present together across time live or not and I know you always or the number of you listen to the part that's not live as well that I I generally continue into so and also thank you to blog talk radio um, for once again featuring this show um, as live in spirituality it's featured on that page right now and um, also on the home page under the live shows. I'm always grateful, and gratitude is important. Gratitude. Let's talk a bit more about gratitude. 
the experience that I had during the last couple of days, I've emerged realizing, wow, there's so many things to be thankful for now. Like suddenly I'm aware of things I hadn't really thought of. It's like I was limiting myself in ways I didn't need to. And I was listening to stories that are often told to so many of us that cause us to limit our choices. And you need to know that you are worthy of choices. That life, each of us, each of us, nobody has the right to to take away our paths. I mean, our respect. And this wasn't exactly about that, but in a broader way, um, somewhat, just that sometimes choices can feel limiting and yet we have more than we realize. So I think since I did, I don't think I'm ever, I'm, I have quite regained what I was trying to express a few minutes ago. So I think it had to do with nature. Um, certainly when we're in nature, we feel humility, but we also feel this connection. It is both even if that seems like a paradox, that you feel a connection to the omnipresent divine, to the empowerment of that, to the being worthy, you know, being worthy of respect. That has nothing to do with humility. Actually, humility has more to do with, if you don't have it, disrespecting others, not acknowledging that they are worthy of respect. And also, you know, not getting up on your high horse saying, you know, I'm so great or whatever. I mean, that's this is not about ego. There you go. It's not about ego. Empowerment and ego are very different things. Ego, in an unproductive way, not the type that has to do with our stories. I do very much question anyone who diminishes your personal story. Your personal story is you. It's why you're here. Why would you be an aspect of the divine at all as you? Your story is important. It is the Akash. We are the living Akash on this planet. And don't let anybody ever take away your story and say that's ego. Because that is sometimes said, and I've been questioning that for years. But the type of ego where um, it's um, not connected to unconditional love, where it's about diminishing and, um, you know, mocking or holding down other people, um, you know, it has nothing to do with compassion or empathy or mutual respect, um, where it's all, you know, about um, it, it's it's not the type of thing that has anything to do with the unconditional love that we all share. Often it's associated with greed and seeking power for its own sake and dishonesty and lack of truth and intentionally veiling the truth in order to keep people down. That kind of ego, of course, it has nothing to do with empowerment. If anything, it, it aims to take away the empowerment of others. But empowerment, I used attitude as a tag on this show, is an attitude. No one can take it away, no matter what your circumstance. Absolutely not. And if we talk of it as spiritual people with materialists who, you know, they mercilessly mock um, if you ever go to some of those chan these skept these so called skeptics and you know, I feel badly in some cases because, you know, I some of some of them I call friends and I really care about um people who are skeptics and it saddens me that they can't see that there is magic in the world, that there are miracles in the world and what an amazing life you can have. Once you see that, in fact, and that doesn't elevate those of us who say, you know, that's a tricky distinction too, isn't it? Because how quickly 
do we then diminish them? Can you look at it through empathy that they just can't see? But it's still not right um, to um, disrespect others. I'm going to read the poem now that I opened to before the program. And this is going to be a little bit subtle, so you're going to have to pay attention. It's a famous poem, and I did open like a couple of pages near it. I don't usually open to this particular author. I Maybe it's been a while. I have. Um, Robert Frost lived from 1874 to 1963. This poem was written in 1923. So it's 100 years old this year. Two Look at two. Love and forgetting might have carried them a little further up the mountainside, with night so near, but not much further up. They must have halted soon in any case with thoughts of the path back, how rough it was with rock and washout and unsafe in darkness when they were halted by a tumbled wall with barbed wire binding. They stood facing this, spending what onward impulse they still had in one last look the way they must not go on up the failing path where, if a stone of earth's side, earth's slide moved at night, it moved itself. No footstep moved it. This is all, they sighed. Good night to woods. But not so. There was more. A doe the wall, as near the wall as they. She saw them in their field, they her in hers. The difficulty of seeing what stood still, like some upended boulder split in two, was in her clouded eyes. They saw no fear there. She seemed to think that two thus they were safe. Then, as if they were something that, though strange, she could not trouble her mind with too long, she sighed and passed unscared along the wall. This, then, is all. What more is there to ask? But no, not yet. A snort to bid them wait. A buck from round the spruce stood looking at them. This was an antlered buck of lusty nostril, not the same doe come back into her place. He viewed them quizzically with jerks of head as if to ask, Why don't you make some motion? Or give some sign of life, because you can't. I doubt if you're as living as you look. Thus, till he had them almost feeling dared to stretch a proffering hand and a spell-breaking, then he too passed unscared along the wall. Two had seen two. Whichever side you spoke from, this must be all. It was all. Still, they stood. A great wave from it going over them, as if the earth, in one unlooked-for favor, made them certain earth returned their love. Isn't that a wonderful poem to open to? I know I may have read it a long time ago on the part. You know, I don't think so. I know I've come across it. Do you feel how 
actually, it has a lot to say. I mean, it has a lot to say about when we think, you know, we can't go any farther. Notice how in the poem they keep thinking this is over, they're done. Now, sure, there's a wall that they can't get over, and there might be an earth slide if they keep going and so forth, and there's barbed wire, and yet how much farther they went in an unexpected way, and how does that relate to my own experience in the last 48 hours, and look at how empowered the deer are, that they are holding their heads high, they are holding who they are authentically, and they might have had a reason to be afraid, Um, but somehow in this particular situation, They were safe. We can feel so many times in this world these separations between us. Divisions are vast right now. But you know, there is a way to find a path to more mutual respect and understanding. It doesn't mean we have to agree. And there are things where we are both blind. I should read... I had this, um, the symbol kept coming up a while back about the moat in our eye, how, you know, um, I don't have the verse right in front of me, but um, we think we see everything, but we don't. And somebody else may see something we don't see, but they may not see something that we see. And you see how if we can only interact with one another more, If we can only aim to gain more understanding, we can find our way to truth. Because each of us will release those things that, oh, I guess that isn't true. I didn't see that right. You know, we live in an age right now where people refuse to admit when they are wrong or have made a mistake or, oh, I didn't understand that. But I'm seeing more of that lately. And I think that there is actually a movement among us to attempt to understand more. And I have to say, when I used to write as Bridge Builder on the Oprah Forum and how my Twitter handle originated and how this show came to be, though I'm not so sure I was doing it in the way I might have liked to back then. There were a lot of things I didn't see clearly then. It's We grow, we learn, we change. The impulse was correct. We need to find more bridges. We need to find more places of understanding. We need to explore the mysteries that are between us and the different ways of looking at the divine. And yes, we need to engage with materialists, but they need to understand that they, we are worthy of respect. And you can't... You can't be deriding and diminishing people. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of times these could be some people you know, and they actually care about you. So they respect you, but there's this misunderstanding about the nature of reality in the world. And don't we want to sort it out honestly? What is this impulse so often these days? You know, anyone who is um, shading the truth on some ego, greed, or power-hungry trip, hey, you know what? That's not right. (laughs) I mean, is that such a big thing to say? That's not right. We have the right to honest inquiry. The divine itself, the nature of who we are, invites us to ask questions. We're not robots, and we will not be robots to anyone else. We are not robots to the divine, and we're not robots to others who seek to diminish us and hold us down. We are human beings worthy of respect, worthy of truth. That's how we change our world. When more and more of us, even while seeing things in different ways, honestly seek understanding, honestly seek truth, and are willing to say, hey, if this isn't true, um, or if we, you know, we can for sure know this isn't true, and, you know, just this is science, too. You know, things are discarded all the time in science when something else explains the world 
in a truer way. That's all it's about. What is reality? What is the nature of reality? What is true? And when we were wrong about something, well, then we were wrong. What's the problem? Do we have to be all wrapped up in pride and ego and power and greed? Well, some people do. And they're holding humanity back. That's what's happening. Because we need to find our way forward. And it's sad that we missed the path before. But so many times people who just don't get it or are so wrapped up in themselves or, you know, whatever their thing happens to be that's not respectful of others, they hold us back. But even so, we can't just leave them behind either. We want to help them too. Look at them in empathy. What happened to them to make them so defensive? What happened to them? We all have flaws. That's important. We're having a human experience. Have you never made a mistake? Have you never had an ego situation yourself? We all have them in different ways. We're human beings. But what would be so incredibly transformational is if we were seeking a more honest, loving, compassionate, truthful path together and honestly and with humility and empowerment where we are mutually respectful of one another. Okay. I don't even know what time it is because I've been like rambling on, not even looking at the show page. Oh, it's not too late. But I think I've said what I'd like to say for today. Um, I will once again remind you, you may want to look up this poem by Robert Frost to look at two. That's a really powerful, beautiful poem, isn't it? And I know it's a famous poem. It's worth looking at, and more than once. And I may read it again on another program at some point. So once again, if now I know you're all in the podcast listening to this part, um, but we'll see how it sorts itself out. The dates I'm looking at are Saturday the 21st, Saturday the 28th, and it's just because I'm coming out of an event that I'm helping someone with online, and I'm not sure how quickly. Sometimes they have a tendency to go over a little bit, and I'm I'm not sure exactly when the show will be those two weeks. So just you'll find me one way or another. Or if I decide, you know, not to do a show one day, well, that's just because. Nothing is on my heart to share or I need to rest and I'll be here with you another day. So thank you again. I appreciate your being here listening and I will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.